Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. When I was 21 years old, I had been out of church for uh, just probably over 10 years. I came back to church and because I'm a slow learner, my life didn't change for the first 12 months, okay? And, and I was like late every, every time. I was a song three arrival person, you know? And, and I was always late and, you know, and, and then one thing happened to me one, this one day is that God reached into my heart and he flicked a switch and I became passionate about church and passionate uh, uh, about God's uh, house, you know? And so I remember I went to my pastor at the time and I said to him, I said, I want to help. I want to serve. And I started to look around at all the, all the other people that were there at church. And I saw them. And to be honest, I'm not even making this up. I thought that they all had mad skills, but I didn't have them. I wouldn't have equated myself or put myself with the other people that had skills. I thought, well, I can't do any of that stuff. So I just offered to do anything that needed to be done. And when I, when I came to Activate Church, I made the, had the same conversation with Pastor Corey, who was the senior pastor at the time. And I said to him, listen, I, I, I just want to help. I just want to serve the church because I believe in the local church and I believe in what it's doing. And if there are any gaps anywhere in the church, whether it be, you know, the info hub or standing on a door to welcome people or whatever the gaps were that needed to be filled, I said, just put me in there and I'll do my absolute best to serve this church with whatever is needed, right? And I didn't care whether I felt like overqualified or underqualified. I just thought this thing needs to work and it probably needs a lot of people to help. So just let me add it and let me, let me do something. Well, back in those days, my wife, Sarah, she was always promoted ahead of me. So she would always, uh, I would always serve her in, in her teams, you know? And so she gave me this responsibility with a few other people and they let me be in charge of all of the host teams. And, and so um, I remember one day uh, I'd been training these teams for a long time and, and, and I figured that they could do it on their own this one morning. And so I intentionally, uh, for other reasons, was coming late to church that, that morning. And when I arrived at church, I had, uh, no kidding, I felt almost overwhelmed, swarmed would be a better word. I had about four people come up to me. And at the same time, it was like they rehearsed it. They all talking at me at the same time. And they said, well, this morning, you, you, you just got to know that this happened. And then the other guy goes, and I don't know what to do here. And someone else said, what about this? And what about that, right? And I looked at all of them. And full disclosure, I had a moment. And I looked at these people and I credited them with the ability to problem solve. And I looked at them and I, and I couldn't believe that they couldn't figure out what to do. So this is, I, I, was, I sort of said, I can't believe you guys can't figure this out. You, you just do this and you do that and you do the other and you fix this part up and, and just go on and just go and, and, and do your job, right? So after that, um, we, you know, we, I took care of business and, and I went into ch church and sat down. It's great service, great, great message. Remember, it was great. I don't know what he said, but it was great. And, and, so, and so anyway, um, then Pastor Corey gives me a phone call and he says to me, uh, hey, Ben, I, I would love to have a catch up with you. Uh, could you make some time to meet with me this week? 
And I thought, senior pastor wants to meet with me. Absolutely, I'll clear my schedule. So I, so I did, and I, and, I, and I cleared my schedule, and I, I met up with him. No idea what the meeting was about, but just thought, I'm going to meet up with him. And, and so we sat down, and he said to me, hey, uh, uh, how's everything going? I said, good. And, and he was probably just trying to qualify if I've got any other you know, big pressures in my life that would contribute to my episode. So then, so how's everything going? Good, life is good. Yeah, all right, no other issues? No. He said, okay, well, I, I've had some feedback about you. And I said, oh, oh okay, okay. He said, yeah. Um, so a couple of people came back to me and they said to me that uh, on Sunday, that, that you kind of like were just, a, I don't know, may, may, maybe a little bit irritated with people. And, and I was like, well, you know, I'm, yeah. You could say that, I guess. That's a perspective. Uh, I wouldn't say that I was irritated. I would say I was honest. I would say, yeah, that, sometimes people say that they're being honest, they're just being mean. And so, and so I, I said, I, I would have said I was more just being honest and I was pointing out how they could problem solve their own issues. He's like, yeah, 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 all right. So listen, anyway, the feedback about you is that you were just probably a little bit gruff and, and all the rest of that. And I was like, oh, okay, we're really going to say that it was my problem. Oh, all right, you know. And, and then in this moment, right, I, I got a great opportunity here to either learn or not learn, all right? And, and, and my heart could close in this moment. And if it closes in this moment, right, there's a good chance that I probably won't keep serving. And, and so I was smart enough to know that this was worth me listening to. So I took on the feedback and I listened to him and he said to me, can I pray for you uh, uh, before you leave? And I said, yeah, yeah, you know, come on, pray for me. And I want to grow and I want to learn and I'm going to be teachable in, in this moment. And he says, okay. So he comes to pray for me, right? And I don't know if, it, I don't know if anybody has ever prayed for you like this, but, but it's really where they say, dear God, and, and then they just start giving you feedback in the prayer, you know? And, 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 and they start listing all of your issues, but they've actually made it really holy by putting it into a prayer. And the most difficult thing about it is you can't even interrupt them because God's involved and you're like, oh, I should just shut up and listen to this. So, so, this, so the prayer starts and it goes something like this. Oh, dear Lord, I pray for Ben. I'm like, hey, you know, and I thank you for him. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. And, and he says, and he says, I pray God that you would just start to smooth off some of the rough areas. And I'm listening to this. I'm like, oh, really? You Okay, like you want to, I'll just let you finish. And, and, and so he starts praying my issues, you know, and I can't interrupt him. And then we get to the end and he's like, all right, so I guess I'll see you next time. And I'm like, okay. And so, and, and so I had to take that feedback, right? And so after that, I decided, hey, I, I don't care. Maybe I didn't see it, you know, fine, but I want to be a teachable person. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to develop. This is the mentality that I choose to take in this moment. So I said to Pastor Corey, hey, listen, could you, would, you, would you mind mentoring me? And he said, yes. And I said, could we meet up regularly and, and just talk? And he said, yes. And then fast forward a, a couple of years, and he said to me, um, would you be the senior pastor? And I said, yes. You know, And, and the, I, I look back on those experiences, and I think, I don't reckon he would have ever asked me to, do, to become the senior pastor if I wasn't teachable all the way back in that moment. And that little thing that I did where I decided to be teachable and take on some feedback was actually part of a, a stepping stone towards the, the ministry call that God had for, I guess, for me in my life. And maybe from birth, you know, I was totally set apart and God knew I'd be doing this. And he knew that, you know, this would uh, eventually we'd come to this place where I'd be doing that. But I still want you to know 
that, I could have really messed this thing up along the way. I could have really messed it up by, by not listening and, and not being teachable and, and not, because what it would have done is it would have actually closed the door on the opportunity for me to use the gifts that God had given to me. That door would have shut because of my, well, really it would have just been my, my pride and my attitude. Here's what I want to say to you tonight. If you're a Jesus follower and you are a Christian, you have a relationship with God, you are set apart. You are set apart. So the, the, the Christian word that we would use to describe set apart is, is this word sanctification. Now, if you're new to church and you don't know what that is, no problem. I'm going to explain it to you. It means that you have been prepared. There's some preparation. There's some seasons of preparation that you were going through. I think that's what I went through when Pastor Corey was speaking to me. It means that you're set apart. You've been prepared to be separate in, in, in that sense. And I look around tonight and I see so many people that uh, have been set apart by God for a specific purpose. And some of you would be thinking like about that word sanctification. You've given your lives to Jesus. And, I, and, and so I say to you tonight, that he sanctified you, and you're like, when did that happen? I don't, I don't remember feeling that. I don't know how that happened. I didn't sign up for that class. Like, when did this happen? Right? Well, well, let me explain to you how it, how it happened. When Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you brought nothing to him. You did nothing to deserve that. It was everything that he did for you. And when you, begin, when you begin to be sanctified, it happens around you and it happens in you, but it's something that God does to you. And this is how it happened. You, there was a stage in your life, if you, again, if you're a Christian, there was a stage or a point in your life where you gave your life to Jesus. When that happened, he forgave you for all of your sins, not just your past and, and, and your present sins, but all your future sins too, right? And in that moment, you became set apart. In that moment, you became sanctified because this is something that Jesus really did to you. It's a work that he does to you in, in your life. So first of all, God cleaned you up. And then he set you up. But if you don't handle the seasons well, you could mess it up. And so because he's called you, as I said, he gives spiritual gifts to enable you to live out the ministry call that you have in your life. I believe that Christian people, all Christian people are called to do ministry. And some of you tonight might think, well, I have no idea what my spiritual gifts are. And that is not a problem. That's okay. I totally understand that. If I go back to when I was 21 years old, I was in the exact same situation. You know, we actually run a workshop here at Activate Church. It's called Growth Track. And it happened today, uh, uh, just right after lunch. And you go there and it's actually a whole heap of fun. And we find out what your gifts are. And, and it's not conclusive and it doesn't map out the rest of your life, but it helps you to identify your passions and your, and your spiritual gifts. And if you don't work on a Sunday, I don't know, maybe because maybe you're all young adults, maybe everybody here works on a Sunday. But if you don't, you should definitely come to church one morning, come to one morning service and sign up and do this thing afterwards. And we're so serious about this here at Activate Church because we think it's the church's call to help you to discover why God made you and why, you, why on earth you're actually here. You know, 
So now here it is. Your life has purpose, okay? And you have gifts. You might not know what they are. It's not a problem. That's fine. We'll figure that stuff out later. But now you have a purpose and you have gifts. And what do you do with it? And the reason I wanted to preach this message is because I've seen so many people called to ministry that simply messed up their opportunity. So here's how this whole thing works. God will give you ability and let you decide how to use it. God will give you ability, that's just a gift of his grace, what he gives to you, and let you decide how to use it. There's a scripture about a guy um, in, in the Bible. This is out of Exodus. You guys should have this on screen. And it comes out of Exodus chapter 31. And I just want to read this scripture to you about this guy. It says, Exodus 31 verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Well, would you look at that? People could be filled with the Spirit of God even in the Old Testament. It did happen. He was filled with the Spirit of God. He still does that today. And look, look at what he gets as a gift of God's grace. He gives him ability and intelligence with knowledge and craftsmanship. Craftsmanship. Like, have you ever thought about craftsmanship being a, a gift of the Holy Spirit? That the Spirit of God would fill somebody. I, I'm just wondering, I don't know how many tradies we have here tonight, or people that have done apprentices, but I wonder if you have ever realized that the work that you do with your hands, if you are actually to give it to God, could become something called ministry. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? This, this guy, he's just doing crafts, you know, with his hands and working with certain things, and, and yet... And yet I see that this is a gift of God that comes as a ministry. And it says, To devise artistic designs to work with gold and silver and bronze in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood to, uh, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed him. And it goes on. Here's, here's the point. He worked with gold and silver and it was a gift that the Spirit of God had given to him so that he could do something significant, not only for God, for the people around him. Now, here's where it gets to be really sad for Bezalel. If you just flick over the very next chapter, they were waiting for Moses to come down from the mountain, and Moses, in their eyes, was running late. So they decided that they would take the skills and the talents and the abilities that God gave them, and instead of using them to serve God, they made a golden calf out of them. That's really bad because they were meant to use their gifts for God and they didn't. They used it to serve themselves, their own ideas. I just thought, how sad is it sometimes when God gives people talent, skills, ability, and, 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 some, and some people, they, they don't even realize that what they've got, that it actually came from God. Well, you might think that, no, 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 the skills that I got, they came from that four-year apprenticeship that I did. I remember every day. I, I, I remember how that went. But, but what if the, the, the reason that you did that is because you didn't understand it right now, but what if you say, I made that decision. What if it was that actually that you planned your way, but God ordered your steps, and he ordered your steps in such a way that you'd have those skills so that one day you could do something with those skills, and that thing that he would have you do was ministry. And the thing is, is that most people don't think about ministry as being anything like this. They think about it, maybe you're, in your mind, you think that ministry outside of the church is standing on a soapbox somewhere and, 
and, and preaching the gospel and, you know, come on, that would qualify. But I'm telling you right now, God has filled people with so many different kinds of talents and abilities that can be used to do ministry. And I'll tell you what is really important that you need to understand about this. What God has given to you is supposed to be used for Him. Are you with me so far? What God has given to you is supposed to be used for Him. Whatever you do, it's supposed to be used to, in fact, serve Him. And the reason why I say this is that you can easily use what God has given you to serve yourself, to serve other interests, and you could take all the... It wouldn't that be sad if, if you took all the skills and talents and abilities, everything that God had given to you, but you never use it to actually serve Him. I just think that that would be such a waste of, of the talents and abilities that God has put inside of you. Yeah. I remember 2006, I used to work in recruitment. In 2006, a friend of mine came up to me and um, I was working at my desk and he said to me, hey, uh, have you seen the Facebook? I was like... I thought he was telling me a joke. I said, the Facebook, what is that? And he was like, oh, it's like this, this whole online thing. And I'm like, that's such a stupid name. This is never going to catch, you know? And he said, some of you didn't even know it was called the Facebook, right? But it was originally called the Facebook. And, and, and so he says, oh, yeah, 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 the Facebook, right? I said, well, sounds dumb, but come on, like, tell me what it's about. He said, oh, well, will you register your, your profile. I said, okay. And that's what's next. And he says, well, you can put in all of your interests, right? And people can read about the stuff that you're interested in. I thought this is the dumbest idea ever. Who would waste their time looking at all the interests of other people? This thing is, is going to bomb because I just can't see a future where people would waste hours and hours looking at what other people post. I mean, don't we have better things to do than that, you know? I said, well, what could you really do with it? He says, oh, you could, uh, you could, you know, let's say, for example, you could take a, a photo of your breakfast. <laughs> you know, that right shot, you know, hold it still. Right? You could take a photo of your breakfast. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> Why would anybody care what I had for breakfast, right? You could post a photo about the concert you went to. And I'm like, but they, they didn't go to it, so isn't that boring for them? No, they'll be really interested in what you did. All right, that's weird. You could take photos of your dog and post it if you've got kids. No, please, take as many photos of your kids as possible. No one ever gets sick of looking at your kids, right? And, and, and so I'm like, this is crazy, right? To live in a world where, 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 where people would waste hours looking at the interests of other people. And I thought, imagine, you know, just constantly posting stuff about your stuff to build your profile. Well, fast forward to 2018, it took off, people. It took off. It's fully popular right now, you know? And then they called it the Facebook. And, and I was looking at this and I've seen something, man, look, I've seen something really weird happen. I've seen something really weird happen uh, over the course of time where people's profile, their, their name, because their profile is under their name, their name kind of becomes their brand. Isn't that weird? It's like their name becomes their brand. And, and, and many of you guys, boy, you should have seen it this morning. I was telling people this. They're like, wow, this is crazy, right? I feel like you guys are going to get it tonight. So, so it's like an 
It's like a little age gap between. <laughs> so, so if you do this really well, I mean, if you build your brand, sorry, your name, whatever you want to call it, if you build that really well, marketing companies will, will see how many followers you have, and then they will ask to do some product placement in your profile, in your shots, right? And, and I, can, I guess I can see it from a, a marketing perspective. It, it, it makes sense that you would you know, do everything that you can to, to attract as many followers as possible, always trying to get the right shot, soft light, you know, whatever you need to do to make that thing attractive, right? And, and, and I guess I can get it, right? but I just couldn't believe how different that is to the church. I just thought, this is, this is crazy. Like, you know, I, I know this is, I, I feel like in the last, you know, 12 years, as, as a culture, what, what once began as weird, right, is actually totally normal and acceptable. For people to be so focused on their self and building their brand and building their profile and, and really concerned with how many likes that they get on it, I just thought, man, how different is that to the church? Because when it comes to ministry, ministry is not a brand. You know, you're, not, you're not supposed to, you're not building a brand. You know what ministry is? Ministry is a gift of the Holy Spirit and it has a very specific purpose. And ministry should not be a platform to build your personal brand so that people will say, you're amazing. That's not what ministry is given for. Yeah. Ministry has a really specific purpose. Can you imagine if, uh, if Facebook was around on Pentecost Sunday, I mean, honestly, it's like Peter would be like, he'd just check in. I'm just, Peter is with James and John and a handful of other guys, right? And we are, right? Where am I going to check in? We are at the upper room. No, wait, that, oh, that is so first century. Um... We are at the loft. We are at the loft having a prayer sesh, hashtag loft sessions, hashtag uh, Holy Spirit fire, hashtag acoustic set prayer. It was all acoustic, by the way, back then. Hashtag, you know, Holy Spirit, hashtag, you know, uh, intimacy with God, hashtag Jesus, hashtag resurrection, hashtag I was actually there. You know, I, I mean, come on, like, this would be crazy, but I know for a fact, I know for a fact that Peter was not on Facebook because it wasn't invented until much later, but I know for a fact that Peter would not have been on Facebook. And here's why, because he wasn't interested in taking a spiritual moment and trying to leverage it for his personal brand. No, no, no. What Peter did, and we know what he did, because after he was filled with the Holy Spirit and it said tongues of fire came upon them, what did they do with that? They took it out the next day and they began to do ministry and they started to reach people that were far from God and they started to preach and they used it to serve the people that were around them. And you know what happened? People started to be gathered to them, thousands of them. And then, oh, and then, then they started to use their spiritual gifts, not to build their own personal brand, but they used their spiritual gifts to serve their church. That's what they did with their spiritual gifts. They used their spiritual gifts to build their church. And, and, and you know how we know that they served the church so well? Because a couple of chapters later, 
it says that they were waiting on tables, right? And they were serving, they were, they were serving everybody and they were waiting on tables. And then they started to get organized because they realized something, you know? I, I know it's kind of, I know the people today, not people in church, but probably people outside of church say, oh, I just can't stand organized religion. Well, trust me, when it's disorganized, it's so much worse, right? They, they, we actually need a, like, it actually helps to have a little, like an org chart, to have some structure. Who's speaking tonight? I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> it, hey, it helps people. So, so they started to get a little bit cluey about this stuff. And they're like, we need to discern. We need to figure out, hey, who should do what? And so they looked at the skills that different people had. And they said, you know, it's probably not right that we're waiting and, and serving food. Somebody can do that really well. But we should probably be devoted to the preaching of the word. Because the guys, you know, we can't do both at once. What did they recognize? They saw that the church had different talents, different gifts, different ministry gifts, different spiritual gifts. And then they organized the church in such a way that people would be released into an area of their gifting. I don't know about you, but that makes, that makes sense to me. You know, it seems really smart to do something like that. And, and, and you know, they weren't, at the same time, let's, let's look at this. They weren't too proud to serve the tables. They just realized that they could do it better. You know, because isn't it James, you know, Jesus' brother that said that God... Resist the what? You can do better than that. So I had like three people. Who does God resist? Proud. Yeah, great, 40%. Who does God resist? Proud. Better, right? He resists the proud and he gives grace to the... Humble. Yeah, to the who? Humble. That's right. So if you want to start to bring some grace into your life, be a person of humility. Start to recognize that one of the best things that you can do to have some grace come into your life is start to serve the people that are around you. I'm convinced that you can't develop what God has put in you until you start to serve the people around you. See, you, you have been set apart to serve. If you're a Christian, you've been set apart, purpose attached, service. you set apart to serve. That's what you're supposed to do. There's a scripture that, where Paul actually kind of talks about the body. And this comes out of, sorry, let, let me say that better. He, he talks about the church, right? By the way, the church is not this building, as you may know. The church is God's people, right? This is a local expression of the church, activate church, local expression of the global church called together for this purpose, right? So Paul Speaking about the body, he says this in verse 14. You guys should have it on screen. You do. He says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of what? Many. many. Oh, have, of how many? many? Many. There's many. Okay. So he doesn't consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because... I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. For if the whole body were an eye, where would be the... Vi Hang on, lost my place. It's kind of dark up here. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. I don't know if you know this, but you have been chosen... 
to be part of the body of Christ. And here's how it works. The body, right? Let me say it better. The church, let me say it even better. The local church, I'll go again, activate church. We're really going for clarity here tonight, aren't we? Works best when it works together. Where everybody does what they're supposed to do. Where we give the skills that God has given to us and we give them to God by serving the church. This makes so much sense, doesn't it? When we really think about it. And here's the crazy part. If you're called to be here and God has arranged the members of the body, he's, he's, he's arranged everybody. If, say, for example, you weren't doing your part, but let's, you know, let's say you're an I, we're going to suffer for a lack of vision. Because God has arranged you in, you're, in, you're here for a purpose, you're supposed to be doing something. Look, honestly, I have no idea what it is. Let me ask you a question tonight. Are you using what God has placed in your hand? Are you using what God has placed in your hand to serve God and serve the people around you? There are so many reasons why people don't serve. And I, I want to give you three reasons why people don't serve. Number one, insecurity. The so reason why people don't serve is that they're insecure. And, and sometimes, you know, if somebody is, is talented in the same area that we're talented in or, or, or that we're gifted in, but we see them and they seem to be doing it better than us, right? You could be intimidated into not using your gift at all. And wouldn't, I mean, let's remember, there's no winners in the comparison trap. You're not helping anyone. And what you don't understand at the beginning of using your gift is how far that thing can go. So you don't use it, but what happens is the body suffers for it because you're not using what God has given to you to serve the church. But th that's the reason why God called you to be here and called you to be part of this. You know, my, my, my son, he, um, Isaac, he, I asked him if I could share this story. He uh, loves to play video games. And I don't have a problem with video games, but we do confine it to the weekend, very specific time blocks. And so... Um, I don't mind that he wants to play video games, but I've been in, I was encouraging him to play sport because I figure, you know, hand-eye coordination, you should learn how to catch a ball. So, so I'm encouraging him to, to play sport. And I wanted him to play basketball because it's 40 minutes indoors in winter. And so, totally selfish, I don't care. So, so I said, hey man, you should play basketball. And he, he, he was like, no, I'm not doing it. I said, come on. I said, you should play. And he wouldn't tell me why. I said, come on, man, play. Play basketball. He said, nah. He said, I, I don't want to do it. Eventually, I got it out of him. And I said to him, why don't you want to play? And he said, I'll tell you why. He said, because when I play, I won't be as good as Judah. That's his big brother. I said, are you serious? Really? I said, that's your reason for not playing? Because Judah plays basketball? I said, there's a couple of things you've got to understand about this. I said, number one, he's older than you, and he's much bigger, just naturally, much bigger, right? And he's more experienced than you. It would be so foolish for you to compare yourself, Isaac, to someone that's been doing it longer and is more experienced and just further down the track than you. So in this conversation, literally in this conversation, he's wanting me to buy this app 
right, on the phone. It's a, it's a game. And I said to him, tell you what, I said, I'll buy the app if you sign up and play a whole season of basketball. He said, yes. He's never played the game, but he plays every Saturday now, right? He's never played the app, right? He's never played the, the game on my phone, but he plays basketball every single Saturday, right? So hello, best spend ever. And by the way, right, he's actually good at it, but he didn't know it until he started. You don't know until you start. You don't know what you're good at. You won't even know. So don't be intimidated before you attempt something or you may never discover the grace that God has for your life. That's the first one. Number two, you just have no idea what your spiritual gifts are. And I can sympathize and I understand. And I'll tell you why. Because when I was 21 years old, I thought, I've got no skills. I didn't list myself as one of the people in the church with having skills, right? So I understand that. And, and, And... Here's what I want to say to you. We run Growth Track 301 for a very specific purpose so that people can discover their talents and their gifts, their their abilities, because somewhere in that is your calling. This is how it works, right? If we find naturally your, your natural giftings, and they might be spiritual and ministry gifts, but if we discover what that is and we discover what you're passionate about, and this little vicinity here is your future ministry. It's in, that, it's in that cross section of where your passion intersects with your gifts. Now, here's how this works, right? If you are really passionate about something, but you are not good at it, it is not your ministry. It is not your ministry. You might love singing, but no one else loves your singing. So please don't bless people with your singing. Like, I, I, this is me, right? So, so I don't want to bless people with my singing because, you know, like it doesn't bless anyone, all right? So, so you might be passionate about something, but you're just no good at it. Okay, well, I'm so glad we figured that out for you because that's not what you're meant to do with your life. I don't think God sets you up to just continue, continually fail and, and that's not how that works, right? And if you're really good at something, but you're not passionate about it, you'll never give it what it deserves. So that's probably not going to be what you're supposed to do either. But there's a little space in here where your passion intersects with your gifting and in that vicinity is your future ministry. That makes sense, doesn't it? All right, great. So what's the first one? The first reason is people are insecure. The second reason is people don't know their spiritual gifts. And here's the third one right now. I, I don't know. I don't even think we would have anyone like this at Activate Church, but you just think that serving is something that other people do. Oh, it's for someone else. I haven't been here long enough to serve. I haven't decided if this is my church. You know, I haven't, right? By the way, that's a really bad place to be if you just like keep moving around and never settle anywhere because you, you never really never really end up using your gift, you know? So, so I, if you always think that serving is for someone else, oh, that's something that leaders do. Oh, that's something that other people do, right? Man, can, can I just tell you something? You, you, your, your ministry gifting is going to be so underdeveloped because you've always found a way to not use them. You know? And, and so I don't think, look, I, I genuinely, I don't think we have anyone like this at Activate Church, right? But, but if you thought that, if you thought that serving was, if you thought that serving was beneath you, and serving is beneath you, you'd be absolutely correct. Because serving becomes the platform for your credibility. That's what you stand on. It is a platform for your credibility. Serving is supposed to be beneath you. 
that's what you stand on. Because, because if you're not willing to serve people, why are you trying to do ministry? It's a platform for your credibility. And look what the scriptures say about this from Romans. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. What would we call that? We'd call that pride, yeah? But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. There is a grace that God has given to you. And if you think with sober judgment, we'd call that humility. And what do we understand to be true about that? That God will resist the people that are proud, but he gives grace to people that are really humble. Sometimes you've just got to be humble and take that gift and start to use it and learn some lessons on the way like I did. Now, I'm going to confess something here. And I don't mind if you, got a, if you don't like this or you have a, like a like a spiritual issue with this, I'm totally okay. You can send your emails directly to Ann.Broom at activatechurch.com. She would love to pray for you. All right? Here it is. I love Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. I love it. I love it. Now, I'll admit he does not speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I'll tell you this, right? I tell you, I I get over the language thing. I watch it for a really specific reason because every time I do... By the way, did, did you know that that show was actually canceled? It doesn't run anymore. People said to him, hey, you know, Chef Ramsay, why don't you run that show? He said, because after years of doing it, we spent so much time, energy, and money fixing up restaurants, and they had an over 80% failure rate. And the reason they had such a high failure rate is because people weren't willing to take the path of humility to learn some lessons, and because of that, they missed out on their opportunity. Now, I think about my own life. <laughs> Oh, Lord, we pray for Ben. Take off the rough edges, you know, of his life. What? Are you serious? No, you got that wrong. Maybe you had it right. But I know this. If I didn't take the path of humility, I would not have discovered the call that God had for me in my life. So here's what you, you got to do. Find someone to serve and make sure it's not you. Find someone to serve and make sure it's not you. Come on, do it. It'll be good for you. And I say, you know what? I say find someone to serve. I didn't say something. Because if you found something to serve, you could really be serving yourself and completely delusional about it at the same time. Find someone to serve. Be a blessing to them. Help them in everything that they can do, right? I'll give you two great reasons why you should do that. Number one, because God is weighing your heart, not your gift. Did you catch that? Because is it, doesn't the scriptures say that he qualifies the cult? So what do you think he's looking for to give a qualification to? If you have the right heart and that weighs right, he, just, he can just give you the gift. And we just read that tonight. Intelligence, wisdom, talent, ability, whatever it is. He can get that to you. What you need to bring to him is a heart that serves him. And it happens when you serve other people. So that's the first reason. One, God is weighing your heart, not your gift. And number two, because opportunity will often come through the people you serve. Yeah, I totally get it. I know that God's sovereign in your life and I know that He opens doors. But when you've been doing it this a little bit of time, you realize that those doors are often through people. Because what? The platform you stand on becomes your credibility. And no one will open a door for you if you're not willing to have a servant's heart, if you're not willing to serve other people. You see, 
your gift is actually his gift. And by the way, it is the only gift you can legitimately re-gift and should re-gift. You are supposed to do that. You take what he's given to you and you give it to everybody else. It makes sense. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.